Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40. If you're searching for inspiring and easy to apply Enneagram and human design content, then you've come to the right place. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two friends and coaches who are passionate about sharing our knowledge and insights on these two powerful self-awareness systems to help you step outside the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're so grateful to have you here. Let's jump into today's episode. So while scrolling through social media, now that we are starting the fall season in the Northern Hemisphere, it is fall mania everywhere. People are talking about all the fall drinks and all the fall flavors and all the fall activities. And it really got me thinking about this expectation we have during certain seasons to do all the things. There's this pressure that this is such a short period of time and we all love this season and there are so many fun activities associated with it. And so then we feel this pressure to do all of the fall activities. And this can happen also, I've seen it happen in summertime, especially people who have kids and the kids are off school and the parents want to plan all of these summer things that you can only do in the summer. And inevitably, by the end of the season, most people end up feeling like failures because they don't get to all of it. It can happen during the holiday season here in the United States, which starts around Thanksgiving time and goes through New Year's Day, where there are so many activities people want to cram into their schedule and it just isn't possible. Yeah. I think it's so funny how we're talking about like the the pressure when it comes to these seasons. I'm like, okay, for me, Thanksgiving, that's like get my tree up because I feel pressure to have it up long enough to put the work into it, to like <laughs> have it be worth all of that work. And so I really put a lot of pressure on myself in a way because I'm one of those people, Thanksgiving day, I start decorating my tree because I'm like, okay, I only have one month here and I want to do this. I want to do that and all of these things. And I definitely had years where I have been burnt out from doing all of that and putting that kind of pressure on myself. Last year was actually the first year I have not put a tree up for Christmas and it felt very strange, but it was really nice to not feel that pressure that I usually put on myself. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear because I like the idea of traditions. Like when I was a child, my family, we always put the tree up the day after Thanksgiving and it was so fun because we knew when it was happening. And I think that consistency might be really good for kids. But then as adults, especially us, because we don't have kids that we need to build consistency Mm -hmm. for, We don't have to adhere to that and we can just allow life to flow a little more easily. So there is the gray area between the pressure to put the tree up on a certain day and get it done and not putting a tree up. It's like maybe put the tree up in stages or just if you feel like it in a moment, put the tree up then and don't have it pre-planned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so true. Yeah, because parents like – 
you're juggling so much more. And of course, you might have pressure from the kids wanting to have all of these decorations up, or you're just wanting to provide them with a great experience, you know, for the holidays, but you're juggling your work life, your own personal life. And it really adds up. And and a lot of the times, and I see this quite a bit, especially when I'm working in the clinic and talking to patients, is that they keep themselves so busy that they miss out on all of the actual joyful moments of the seasons, the reason behind the seasons. And it's a really interesting thing to just kind of look at a little bit more closely within our own lives. Like, are we busying ourselves so much, putting so much pressure on ourselves that we're missing out on the actual point of these seasons? I love what you just said. And I feel like that we need to pause and sort of reflect and highlight on it because this go, go, go culture that we live in all the time, but even more so during these high pressure, seasonal, do all the thing periods, that is exactly what we are all missing. When we're doing the apple picking or when we're doing the Christmas tree or when we're doing all of the water parks in the summer, are we in the moment? Are Mm -hmm. we taking the time and the space to enjoy what we are experiencing or are we doing it just to check it off a bucket list? It reminds me of my partner writes music and he has said that the space between the notes is more important than the notes themselves because of the feel that space and timing gives to a piece. And that is what I thought of with this. This is how life is too. It's the space we take around the experiences that enrich the experience. That is beautiful. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely fully agree. And that's something that over the years, I've definitely taken a step back and looked at like, okay, why am I doing all of this stuff to begin with? What is actually of greatest importance? Like, why is this so important to me? And then even looking at some of my friends and talking to them about it, like how they feel when it comes to the summertime and they're trying to figure out what to keep their kids busy with and things like that. And it's almost like they're just trying to squeeze everything in and it's impossible. We're setting ourselves up for failure in a way if we're putting too much on our plate and that's in everyday life too. It's one of those things where the, the busyness just takes away from quality. And it's not about the quantity of what we're doing with each of the seasons. I even when I was really heavy into the planner world, so you might be able to relate to this, I would download these freebies for each season, like the fall bucket list, the summer bucket list. And I'd be like, Oh, man, okay, I'm going to schedule this for this week, and then this for that week. And then at the end of the season, I checked maybe one thing off of that list. And I was like, oh my God, what did I do with my time? I didn't even do anything that I wanted to do. But in reality, I actually did a lot of things that I wanted to do. And those were my priority. And this bucket list just wasn't. But it could make you feel like a failure at times. If you're counting on doing all this fun stuff, apple picking is one of those things that I actually had on my list for this season. I didn't get to do it. And it's actually been on my list for a few seasons now. I still have never gone apple picking. And now I'm like, okay, well, is it really that important to me then? Yeah, it sounds like fun, but it's actually not that important to me. I'm making time for other things. So it 
kind of, I had to look at it a little differently myself. Yeah. And I think those lists, they definitely create this pressure scenario that we feel like we have to do it all. But the good thing they could bring is just a list of suggestions rather than a bucket list of like, I want to check everything off. Finding the one thing that you and your partner or you and your children or you and your best friend would enjoy doing together and really create quality time around one fun activity for the season rather than this pressure of trying to cram all the activities into such a short period of time. Yeah. And I love that we mentioned what's the one thing or two things like just really narrowing it down because that's something that I've started to do. I'll actually, for most of my things, I'll be like, what are the top three things that I really want or desire or are wanting to create? Because I've got a gazillion things (laughs) in mind. I think we all have just so many things in mind when it comes to not even just the the holidays that we're talking about, just life in general that we want to achieve. And it gets overwhelming when you're looking at all the things. So it's about prioritizing, narrowing it down. For me, again, top three things is a big one. And when I look at it through the human design lens, the thing that comes up for me when we're talking about pressure is the root center. That's one of the pressure centers. The head center is actually another pressure center. And the root center is pressure to get things done so you can be free of the pressure. So especially with an undefined root center, I have an undefined root center. So I, over my lifetime, have felt tremendous pressure to get things done just so I can be able to breathe and A lot of it is I put unnecessary pressure on myself because of expectations that I always had for myself. But when someone has a defined root center, and actually, Carrie, you have a defined root center, it can be a little bit easier for these individuals to be able to say, okay, it's all right. It's not going to be the end of the world if I leave this for tomorrow or next week. You have a little bit more of this cool, calm state that you're coming from. So you can look at it in a very different way that kind of removes some of the pressure versus someone like myself, where it's like, no, 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 no. If I cannot get this done, I won't stop feeling the pressure. But it's choice. Everything is choice, whether it's defined, undefined, we always have choice for how we want to respond to our world. Does that sound familiar to you when I talk about the defined versus undefined? Because you and I are complete opposites with the root center. Like what's your experience with pressure when it comes to that human design lens? It is fascinating to learn this. I didn't know any of this about Mm. the root center. And the root center is so fascinating in general to me for my personal chart, because as a projector, I don't have that defined energy center in the sacral, but the root can kind of mask as an energy center, mm-hmm. as if I'm understanding it correctly. Yeah, it's a motor center. Yep. So I do have this sort of more reserve of energy than maybe a projector who doesn't have any of that definition. And But I can relate to what you're saying in terms of being able to let go a little bit of the expectation. This is something I had to learn. I wouldn't say it came completely naturally to me because I was raised to believe I had to work hard to earn rest. I think a lot of us in our country can relate to that in our society, in other societies too. I think it's a common thing in our world today to 
work really hard to earn rest. And I saw something recently, I'm not going to quote it perfectly, and I don't even know who I saw it from, that said trying to reframe, it was probably a human design person Mm. talking about projectors, because it said try to reframe this idea of needing to work to earn rest Mm -hmm. into I need to rest so I can work in my best, most optimal way. So this idea of relinquishing the expectation and the pressure to do all the things, I've never super felt that, which I have to Mm. say I'm grateful for. I always think on paper, a fall bucket list is such a cute, great idea. And some of the things seem really fun, but I'd have zero problem just crossing off the things that I absolutely Mm. wouldn't want to do. That's really interesting and just popped into my mind right now as we're talking about this. I, even though my root center is open, I have the gate 53 defined, which is the gate of starting. So I will often feel tons of pressure to start something, to start a new hobby, to start something that I'm excited about. So like, that's another layer of it as well. And then because we've talked about it before, you have the opposite end in the sacral center, which is the gate of finishing. But it's it's just really interesting to put these little pieces together to better understand like, okay, why do I feel pressure to do all these things and recognizing it and then getting to the point where it's like, okay, I can choose how I want to respond to this. And so that's that's really cool to kind of look at those differences. Yes. And within the Enneagram framework, I was thinking about there's one specific triad within the relational styles, and those are the frustration types. And these are types one, four, and seven within the Enneagram. These three types tend to build their expectations really high and inevitably become let down because hardly anything is able to meet their expectations. And that's what so many of us end up doing in these seasons is we have this idea or this picture of what we want to happen. And then if we don't accomplish all of it, which generally we set ourselves up for failure by trying to do too much in a short period of time anyway, so we can't accomplish all of it. And then we are very let down. Of course, the three types within the center are very different and have very different motivations between these expectations and idealizations. For type seven, they can be really susceptible to the fear of missing out. They really are always seeking excitement and adventure and wanting to do fun new things. So they could really be sucked into these fall or Christmas or Halloween bucket list ideas because it seems so fun to do all of this. And it can get to the point where there's just no way they can do it all and they keep trying and keep trying to do it all and it's just not going to happen. For type 1s, which is my type, type 1s generally just tend to be idealistic about what could be in the world. Like, how could the world be better? How could my life be better? Maybe Mm -hmm. doing all these fall bucket list things would make my life the optimal way I could imagine it to be. And the thing with type ones is they always imagine it in such an idealistic way that nothing ever meets that. And so good is never good enough for type ones. Like if something goes well, but it didn't meet every expectation the person builds in their mind, then it wasn't good. Wow. And And that's super frustrating, I bet, right? Saying just because with you being a one, like if that's something you experienced in the past or even, you know, currently find yourself still leaning into 
sure that's a really frustrating thing. I certainly can relate to that a little bit. I know as a nine, I can sometimes tend towards the one with it being a wing. And so I can certainly kind of relate to that in some ways. It's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, they're called the frustration triad (laughs) because they feel like this constant state of frustration that things aren't going how they want them to be going. Mm -hmm. And it is really interesting to start seeing these patterns in yourself, which now that I see them, I'm learning to recognize when I'm allowing the idealization to kick in. And I really tried to pull back on it. But when I was younger, specifically during my teenage years, I would literally imagine something I wanted, like a specific coat or a specific, I don't know, thing I needed for school, like some sort of office supply for school. And it didn't exist. Like I thought of it in my brain and then my mom and I would go shopping for it and we couldn't find it and we couldn't find it. And I just felt so frustrated that the exact thing I wanted wasn't out there. But it's not like I saw it somewhere and then decided I wanted it. I just created it in my head and thought they should make this. Like, I want this thing. And my mom would get so frustrated with me because she's just like, can't you settle on this thing that's almost like it? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't. Just to wrap up the discussion of that particular triad for type fours, who are the third type within the frustration group, they tend to romanticize life. Mm -hmm. And they'd romanticize relationships and experiences. And a lot of times they end up feeling like something is missing because it didn't live up to this fantasy that they created in their minds. And so they can easily end up feeling like this if they put expectations upon experiences with loved ones, especially if, you know, you're in a romantic relationship and you idealize this walk through the fall foliage and you're holding hands and you picture every little thing that could happen and everything your partner might may say to you that's just setting yourself up for (laughs) not having your expectations met and it's just something that many of us tend to do and when we recognize it and are able to realize that that's probably not the healthiest way to go about living in the present moment and in reality then we can start to change those patterns in ourselves. That's so cool. That's awesome. So now what are some tips that we can provide on, you know, how to be more able and willing to let go of these expectations that every single one of us has, whether it's for the seasons or uh, another area of life. And when I was thinking about this, Carrie, we've talked a little bit about energy preservation and using energy according to how you're feeling, like even day to day. And I sometimes make an energy list for myself where I will choose things based off of how I'm feeling on that day based on high energy, medium energy, low energy. And when I was thinking about my list of things that I want to get done for the seasons, whether it's the bucket list or something, I was kind of thinking of it that way as well, where it's like, okay, if I have a a week that's just a really busy week, what's something simple that I can do instead of taking a three hour drive to see the fall foliage? You know, maybe it can be something more local and just a lot easier to do, but kind of making a list based off of your scheduling too, and making sure you're kind of prioritizing. Again, if that list is super long, what are the most important things? But yeah, so I'm actually in the process of making a fall bucket list based off of 
Is my schedule going to be lighter this week or heavier? And then picking from there. Maybe it's going to be a, a Halloween movie versus, you know, going out to one of the haunted houses that is going to be more expensive, crowded. So yeah, I, I like the idea of a, a list based off of kind of the schedule that might be coming up for you during the week. That's a great idea. Sort of coming up with mini versions of the bigger things that sound fun, mm -hmm. just in case you can't get to the bigger thing. Or like you said, your energy is lower on the particular day when you could do it. Having suitable activity that might give you some of the same excitement, but that won't take as much energy. Like you said, mm -hmm. rather than going to a haunted house, watch a Halloween movie. Rather than going to a town Christmas tree lighting, drive around your local neighborhood and just look at Christmas lights or just yeah. spend time in front of your own decor if you put up a Christmas tree or whatever and appreciate that rather than having to see the big festivity that's happening. This is another suggestion and probably really hard for most of us to do. I know I am terrible at doing this, but truly reducing your time on social media leading up to these big seasonal times can greatly reduce this feeling of FOMO and mm -hmm. expectations of yourself, or at least maybe just pausing some of the accounts that are more enthusiastic about these things and just following accounts that are a little bit more balanced or don't even talk about seasonal things so that you just don't feel this pressure that we all inevitably end up feeling from social media. Yeah, that is such a great point to bring up. I didn't even think about that really. But yeah, it's just it's human nature for us to, you know, be caught by something that we see on social media and think like, wow, that looks great. I wish I could do that. Or I wish I lived there to be able to do that. And like you said, the, the FOMO that we all can have at times is real. And during the holidays, that's even a, just a nice time to take a break from social media so that, like we were saying before, what is it all about? This is all about being there with your loved ones, being in the present moment, and just really sitting in with the, the whole reason behind the holidays, whatever it means to you, whatever that family time looks like to you, whether it's with actual family or friends who are family, making the most of that and just reminding ourselves that we're wanting to do all of these things because we want to experience joy with those that we love most and to create more joy and presence in our lives ultimately. And we say it so many times on this podcast, but I'm going to say it in our last closing point is focusing on gratitude. So Focusing on what you have rather than what's missing or what didn't get done can be a huge mind shift. It can lead us to having a greater sense of appreciation of the little things in all of our lives. Thank you for listening to this episode. Your support is so appreciated. If you'd like to have a question answered about your human design or Enneagram type in a future episode, you can submit it through the link in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you.